as Issa D. I think of her as myself in, in a different dimension. But having made the other fork in the road choice, you know, I've rent her to make the decisions that I like to think that I was smart enough to avoid. <laughs> Emphasis on like to think. <laughs> This is Issa Rae. She plays the character Issa D on the show that she created for HBO called Insecure. And making Issa Rae laugh like that was a huge highlight for me. Because this show and the web series that came before it have felt like art that is for me, about someone like me, by someone like me. And I knew that the show spoke to me from the very first scene where the main character explains her life to these nosy kids in LA. I'm 28, actually 29, because today's my birthday. Uh, I came from a great family. I have a college degree. I work in the nonprofit world because I like to give back. I've been with my boyfriend for five years and I did this to my hair on purpose. So I hope that covers everything. Does anybody actually have any questions about We Got Y'all? Why ain't you married? I'm just not right now. If you don't watch the show, the central characters are Issa and her best friend, Molly. Insecure follows two best friends pushing 30, navigating love, friendship, and life in South Los Angeles. Issa, why are we in 1997 Inglewood? Stop being all judgmental. Okay, I could have taken you to some stuck-up Hollywood spot with a bunch of... But we're here. Okay, let's have fun tonight. Fine, but you are buying me a drink. Okay, we're going to have some drinks tonight. One of the things that I loved about the show at the beginning was being able to laugh at these two characters whose lives were even messier than mine was. But over the years, there has also been this thrill of watching them grow into themselves and become better at articulating what they want out of life even when that makes for really difficult moments. This is bigger than that. We have been off for months. Yeah, I know. That's why I reached out. But I can't be the only one who wants to make this work, Molly. I don't know. Maybe who you are now and who I am now just don't fit anymore. Insecure's fifth and final season premieres this Sunday on HBO. And I wanted to talk to Issa Rae about what it feels like for the show to finally come to an end. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Martine Powers. It's Friday, October 22nd. So to me, if I had to describe Insecure in one word, I would use the word growth. And that's partially because of Natasha Rothwell and the, her amazing meme that I use in my day-to-day -day life of growth. Girl, your party was so much fun. I haven't been Saturday drunk on a Thursday in like a week. Yes. You know what that is? It's growth. But I do feel like the thing that I love about the show is seeing the main characters grow in different ways, seeing them over the past four seasons, seeing them hopefully in the coming season grow more. Um, and so I'm wondering for you, like, how are you thinking about growth in this last season? How are you pushing these main characters to grow? We've been thinking a lot about growth as it relates to time and even the time constraints that we put on ourselves. The idea of 
also being dealt a hand and how you decide to play that hand, you know, whether you're going to fold or you're going to make, make the most of it and play the get best game possible. We've been thinking a lot about, you know, obviously our own lives and things that have been or circumstances that have been placed upon us that we've just adjusted to. And you can, you know, brat about it, complain about it, or just deal with it. And with the circumstances our characters have been dealt or that we've written for them, we we really thought about just what growth meant in terms of how they dealt with them. What are the circumstances in your own life or the, the lives of the people that you collaborate with that you wanted to get reflected in, in this season? A lot of my earlier circumstances really follow my career and the uncertainty and comparing myself to others. Like I've had so many successful friends who felt like they were on a track to be able to do what they wanted to do. And it just felt like within reach. And I don't think that I had that. Uh, it just always felt uncertain and it felt like a bit nebulous. And I think that is something that, you know, Issa D definitely faces and we're, we've seen her come into her own this past season, but one of the scariest things to me that I always revisit is just like the fork in the road choice. There's something so terrifying about knowing that this is a decision that I could make that it could change the course of my life and I just have to make it. And in the last season of Insecure, Issa kind of did make it. She decided to quit her job at this nonprofit called We Got Y'all, and she dedicated herself to organizing a massive block party for her neighborhood in L.A. It was this huge production with famous musicians and artists and vendors and thousands of people showing up. And Issa D executed this whole thing flawlessly which was a pretty huge step for her because up until that point, she had been kind of lost and aimless. My name is Issa D and I'm organizing the block party. I love my neighborhood, but it devastates me to see our communities changing without our input. And so I want to change that. It's we are so impressed with you out here being inspirational and <laughs> Looking like Simone Biles, but like a little clumsy, ain't mad. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Thank you guys so much for coming through and helping out. Of course. I got offended on her behalf because, you know, the writers were just like, and even when we got on set, the costume designers and set designers were like, Issa D couldn't pull this off. And I'm like, shut up. You, yes, she can. She's doing it. Like, give her this credit. And I think I felt offended on her behalf because I felt like this is something that I would want to do. And I almost felt like I was being doubted. Um, in the same way that, you know, I had this show about L.A. and there were doubters there of just like, okay, she wants to be on HBO. I don't know how she's going to do it. <laughs> but, you know, maybe it'll get done. I, I feel that way for ECD. So in, in that way, I was very connected to her. And especially this season I am, this current season. I watched the Block Party episode. I mean, it must have been like pretty early on in the pandemic, I think. And just to see mm -hmm. all these people and all these humans together, I, I literally, I started crying. Oh, and, and it was like <laughs> not a sad part of the show, but it just, you know, it was like this beautiful thing to be like, oh, all these beautiful black people together in this amazing, incredible space. And like, will I ever get to experience that ever again in my life? And <laughs> will I ever get to wobble again? <laughs> Come on, girl. Yeah, it was nostalgic in a way that I just did not think was possible. And obviously that didn't cross any of our minds shooting it. But I saw a lot of commentary like that of just people gathering. What, what is that like? 
will we ever do that again? But but when you think about uh, Issa as a character and the fact that she really has become so much more of an adult um, over the course of this series, like what's a scene that you think of where you were like, yeah, okay, like Issa really did the decision that like makes me proud and really speaks to how grown up she is now. I think even though it was impulsive and I can relate, leaving We Gotcha was in many ways, I think a great decision for her because she was just being stuck in a place that she didn't want to be, that wasn't using her talents and she didn't belong there. Uh, and it was just, it represented a growing point for her. Um, yes, it was inspired by an impromptu date with a guy, but she was fed up and she got up out of there and has been figuring it out. And so that was a decision I was proud of and one that I'm sure I've done myself. I quit something too early um, and did not have the money in place, but you know, it worked out. Wait, what was that? What, what was the job? I was working at the March of Dimes and I got representation and I thought that, you know, once you got a manager and an agent, it's just meant money would come in. So I was like, bye. And then I was broke for a very long time. Uh, but, you know, you just had to step out on faith. And even though it was like stupid faith, it was faith. And it was, you know, betting on myself in a way. And I think Issa D was betting on herself from that point forward. After the break, Issa and I talk about the web series that led to Insecure, the misadventures of awkward black girl, and how it got me through college. We'll be right back. So I also want to talk a little bit about a show that you used to do, um, which is where I first know you from. Uh, It's a web series called Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl. Am I the only one who pretends I'm in a music video when I'm by myself? Booty shout. Booty shout. And I used to binge watch the show like in my dorm cafeteria (laughs) on Fridays. I'd be like, oh, all my essays are done, getting ready for the weekend. I'm going to watch Awkward Black Girl. This is going to be amazing. Wow. Um, And I felt like I I so related to that character who was like awkward and quirky and like a little dorky, if I'm being honest, (laughs) in a way way that I definitely am. Um, and, and I wonder, like, I mean, that was, I'm sure so many ages ago in your career, but like, what do you think when you look back on that show and that character? It's so funny because we had our 10 year anniversary in February and I hadn't seen the show, especially the second season, the first season, maybe I, you know, watched the first episode or visited maybe the fifth one a couple times five years ago, but, you know, to watch it with people who had followed the series for so long and to follow people's commentary. It did make me feel nostalgic. And I remember, I don't know, I associate that time with joy and a feeling of, man, we really did this. But also it was a hard time. It was it was a time of growing pains and figuring certain things out and wondering where I was going to go from there, wondering if this is all that I would be known for. Um, mm. And it was just a scrappy time, but in so many ways, in in all the ways, it propelled my career forward. But I, <laughs> there's just so many mistakes. There's just so many things that we just pulled together that I just pulled together early on. And I even think about making that first episode, how it came about. 
was literally just calling friends and making a script on the fly. Like I made that episode in the edit, you know? I don't even think I had a solid script. I had mm. ideas that I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to do that side-by-side -side car scene. Awkward moment. What's the protocol for repeatedly running into someone at a stop sign? Jay missed you. Oh my God. Hey, I totally didn't even it's see been you. so long. I, I know, right? No, seriously. You know, even the being broken up with in my apartment was just a photographer who I work with, who we became cool. And I was like, hey, will you play my boyfriend? He was like, all right. And then the mirror scene that would be the foundation of Insecure, I had no idea. And that came after listening to, I think, a, <laughs> a Nicki Minaj verse on Trey Song's Bottoms Up. Like, that was, that inspired my mirror raps um, and my bed rap. It's my birthday, but no one cares because I'm not having a party because I'm feeling sorry for myself. All these moments perfectly came together to help me make this first episode. Yeah. Well, I remember when I first heard about you working on a show for like, you know, like a, a not a web series show, but like a show show. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they're going to make Awkward Black Girl and they're going to put it on TV. And and when I saw like, oh, this is an Awkward Black Girl, this is something different. But it also felt like there were the roots of that and were that there were commonalities between misadventures of Awkward Black Girl and Insecure. And I'm wondering, like, when you were sort of faced with this opportunity of like, OK, now I can do this for real this time without just like my friend who I'm just asking to play my boyfriend. Like, what were the the parts about that first experience that you were like, this is what I want to hold on to. This is what I want to, like, make sure that we don't lose now that we're doing it, like, in the big time. Yeah. When I got the opportunity with HBO... We already had 24 episodes online. And like I said, looking back on that time mm -hmm. was just like, that was its own thing. And I, I wanted to be known for something else. Like I wanted to do something else. And, but I understood that I was called in because of Awkward Black Girl. So if I were going to be playing myself on television, I still, I still identified with that, that Awkward Black, I still am Awkward Black Girl. So I was like, I'm bringing myself to the role. So it's going to be that. It's going to have those elements. But I just want it in a more grounded setting. And what I know about HBO is, you know, for the most part, a lot of the shows are grounded and I wanted some of that. And obviously, Awkward Black Girl was a bit more, <laughs> it was a bit less grounded. Like, I, I would compare it to a network sitcom with, with cursing. <laughs> and I wanted something closer to my life. And I think that that even developed over time. But specifically, like, I knew that I wanted to keep the the mirror wraps. I knew that I wanted to keep the wraps, but the mirror itself was an evolution because Awkward Black Girl just burst out in wraps. And I think Issa D, the mirror is her vessel. Like she doesn't do much outside of the world, outside of her bathroom mirror or whatever mirror is available. So those were the only things that I knew that I was keeping, just in the essence of myself and that device. Um, I just really liked do you still feel like you are awkward black girl now? 100%. Sadly. Really? No. And I get asked that. I've, I've gotten asked that <laughs> over the course of my career. And, you know, early on it was like, duh, but I definitely still identify. But in the back of my head, I was like, but when they ask me this again in five years, it's going to be different. <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> here I am. So not much has changed. Well, so then my next question would be, do you do you think that you are still insecure, Black girl? No, I obviously have insecurities, but um, I'm very confident about what my flaws are. I'm very confident about what my 
insecurities are. I'm very confident about who I am. And I know that I'm growing and I know that I'll, I'm very confident that I'll only get better with time. And that's not something that I've always felt. And I'm curious about how you embody power and embody being a powerful person when your comedy and your writing and, and, and your, your art is rooted in something that I think is often very self-deprecating <laughs> or, uh, or uh, something that is like, obviously you're not the only person to be a powerful, creative person who is also like self-deprecating. But um, I would imagine if you are still awkward black girl, how do you be both awkward black girl and also powerful black woman doing powerful, amazing black things in Hollywood? That's so funny. I don't, well, I don't identify as powerful. So I think that's part of it. I, I, I identify as figuring it out. And, you know, I think as a self-deprecating, self-identified awkward Black girl, you know, I I do wear my flaws on my sleeve. I, I, you know, I think I'm very transparent about what I don't know. And I'm very transparent about like, hey, let's try this. I don't know much about it, but I know that I want to do it. And I think that makes for attracting other people who are comfortable figuring it out um, and being able to experiment in an industry that tends to be stilted. And I think people have been responding to that, but I don't feel powerful yet. I still feel like I'm, you know, I have, I haven't even written a movie yet. Like I'm, I only have a TV show, <laughs> you know, I haven't done much. Only. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just, there's so much more to do um, mm. and accomplish. So I just, Again, I felt like I have, I'm still paying my dues and proving mm. myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is it like to have your art kind of grow with a certain generation of Black women? There's, there's a show that speaks to that and that, like, those experiences are growing with me. So, so do you ever hear that? Do you ever feel like you kind of are the, the voice of this, of this generation and this experience for Black women around our age? You're going to think I'm lying, but not until we just, or HBO or the Insecure page just posted about how the final season was coming up. And all they did was post a picture and they were like, it's coming in October. And I was just like, oh, cool. They posted this today. And I just saw the replies and people being nostalgic about the final season and, and saying what you're saying and saying like, you know, this was my voice. This this represented me. This represented my 20s. And I, and I grew up on this show. Or I was in college and this came out. And now I'm a woman. And, and that really touched me in a way that, mm. you know, I can't explain and didn't expect. Um, you know, obviously, in shooting this final season, we've been very nostalgic and thinking about where we came from and, you know, imagining what our impact would be. Like, are we going to be with the greats? Are we going to be like, are people going to reference this show like a different world and... Uh, and Martin, and to see that those comments was like, oh man, maybe people will, maybe people will hold on to this show as, as part of their lives in that way. And we may go down in history, you know, if we stick the landing, you know, as part of people's lives in this really positive way. And that makes me feel really good. I have gotten the sense that you are somewhat private mm -hmm. about your personal life. Um, and I wonder, like, where that where that comes from and, and how you balance that, too, in an industry where, like, it actually is important or at least beneficial to project this sense that, like, you are an open book to the whole world and all your fans. I think that that's recent. I think that's just with the advent of social media where 
the industry has encouraged you to share, but now I just feel like a part of the novelty the has of sh- oversharing has worn off. Before it was like, what? Ashton Kutcher is tweeting with us? What? Look at him. That's so crazy. <laughs> Fabulous is out here cracking jokes on Twitter. Look at that. And then that grew into, obviously, with reality television combined with social media, it just felt like enough. Like, there, where where is the privacy? And I don't want to just share parts of myself that anyone can scrutinize. And I think that's, for me, where it came from. I used to share a lot on social media. Um, mm. And then the more people became interested in who I was meant that I was just kind of, I, I felt naked. Like, oh, you're you're looking into things about me and you're talking to your friends about what I just posted or who I just posted. And that's weird. Like I always reference, you know, I used to post my significant other just online sometimes. And I remember mm-hmm. seeing two girls that I didn't know make a comment. And it was just simple, something simple like C or whatever. And I was like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like, I don't know them. I don't know what that C is about. Like, I only want people to talk to me. My worst nightmare is someone just <laughs> posting my thing and being like, C? It's like, what? <laughs> I was like, Mm-mm. Uh, I, I, I only want people to talk about what I want them to talk about. I want them to talk about my work and I want them to talk about what I want to showcase. And that's uh, a lot of where that comes from. Issa Rae is the creator and star of Insecure. The final season premieres this Sunday. The story was produced by Jordan Marie Smith. It was mixed by Ted Muldoon and Sean Carter. That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. Our executive producer is Maggie Penman. Our supervising senior producer is Rena Flores. Our editors are Alexis Diao and Ted Muldoon, who also composed our theme music. Our producers are Lena Mohammed and Jordan Marie Smith. Ariel Plotnik and Renny Svarnovsky are associate producers. Sabi Robinson and Emma Talkoff are assistant producers. Our engineer is Sean Carter. The post director of audio is Renita Jablonski. I'm Martine Powers. We'll be back on Monday with more stories from The Washington Post.